We've got, uh, I'm going to preach, um, and it's not a time for, a, you'll be glad to hear, for a massively long sermon. Uh, but we've got three aspects really floating around here. First of all, um, it is Pentecost Sunday, or Whitson, yeah? Uh, but I, I sort, of, sort of feel in a way that Marianne and Leonard did, dealt with that in a deeply theological way, yeah? Yeah? God's empowering presence. That's what Holy Spirit is. The, the truth of what we know of Jesus, of what it means to be a Jesus follower, to be a disciple of Jesus, that's absolutely what these guys are doing. They're saying, we're committing ourselves to follow Jesus, yes? And yet, really, in baptism, there's like almost three people involved, or three sort of people's involved anyway. First, there is the candidates, and it's great to have these guys give a little bit of testimonies. If you get a chance to talk to them, they'll give you more detail on that. I mean, the ones I know, that it, all of that comes straight from their heart. It's exactly where they are. I'll bless them for that, for the honesty and the willingness to do that. And they've put themselves in a place where they want to follow Jesus. And, and they've said, I, you know, I've seen the stuff. Maybe they've known it for a long time. But my heart, my commitment is to follow Jesus. And it's always something. When you become a Christian, when you follow Jesus, when you want to be a Jesus follower, there's something about us making a decision to, to do it, because God is very respectful of us. He holds out his hands to us. He offers us life in Jesus, but he doesn't force it. You have to take up the offer. It's a free offer of forgiveness in Jesus, but it's a thing you have to take up. And so Baptist models that when these guys commit themselves and say, I want to do this. I reject evil. I accept Christ. But the second person, if you like, involved in baptism always is Holy Spirit which is good because it's Pentecost Sunday and all that stuff. Because when we follow, choose to follow Jesus, we make a commitment. I remember my time when I did it like a long time ago, actually, 50 odd years ago. But something happens. Jesus says that he will come to live within us by the power of his spirit. Holy Spirit comes to indwell us. It's almost like a takeover. It's almost like suddenly I wasn't alive spiritually and now I am. And now Holy Spirit lives in me. And, and Holy Spirit walks with me and talks with me. Now, it'll take me a lifetime to fully work out what that is and how it lands and, and how I deal with that. But it happens almost, like I said, at a point in time. It's almost a once-off thing. Every person who tries to follow Jesus, accepted Jesus as their, their Lord and Savior, you guys, you're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you may not realize it, may not act like it, but it's truth. And Holy Spirit is very much, and that's, that's why baptism is it's an external symbol. It's in Church of England um, theology stuff. It's, it's a sacrament, an external symbol of an inner reality. And the inner reality is that when you give your life to Jesus, it's like you, the water symbolizes going to death and coming to life again. Because it's as if you've, di if you've died. Your old life's gone. And we have a new life, a new life in Jesus, a new life that's spiritually alive. And, and that starts at baptism or starts when you become a Christian, and it just goes on. And they've reaffirmed their baptisms this morning, all these five. That's a restatement of where they want to be. And we will we, we support them in that. Because that's the third person involved. There's the candidate who makes the commitment. And if you become a Christian, you have to make a commitment. You have to choose. There's Holy Spirit, because it's not just a thing we choose. not like choosing, joining a golf club or, or something like that. It's actually a commitment where God comes in and lives in us and indwells us. It's a transactional thing, if you like. But the third person involved are you guys. 
because baptism can't be a private thing. It's not something you do in a corner by yourself. I've actually known a couple of people who wanted to do that. Baptism is always done in the body of the church. Amen? Because they're joining a people of God. Jesus talks about the kingdom of God. And that's a very complicated, and I'm not going to have time to preach it in detail here, but part of that is the community of people look round. People, ordinary people, not, as Paul writes in Corinthians, not, none of you are very special really, except you've chosen to follow Jesus, and therefore there's something inside you which is stronger than the genetics that binds brothers and sisters together. Stronger than that, because that's an eternal thing, the spiritual thing. And so they make a commitment in front of their, their church. And with church, say, we'll support you and walk with you. Church is very important. In our society at the moment, a lot of the sort of community things are really under pressure. There's a lot of pressure for individuality and my rights and my, what I need and stuff and my entitlements. And almost anyone who really believes in a community is, I think, finding it quite hard. I, I count schools in that, which is my other half of my life, as you know. But, but churches, certainly. But community... The belonging to a people is absolutely critical to what it means to be God's people. So there's something about Pentecost, something about baptisms, and we have a passage as well, which if I don't do, I should get told off for. I'm just going to read bits of it, okay? If you have a Bible, if you have a Bible, um, Laurie said, I've got to preach until he comes out dressed. Actually, what he said was, until I've got my trousers on. Don't think too much detail into that. Um, uh, so... We're going to Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. I'm going to read the first bit. This is Paul writing. He says, I thank my God. It fits quite well, actually, where we are. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. Paul writes, about his joy, his thankfulness when he prays for this church. There's a church he's founded, a bunch of people who are following Jesus in Philippi in the first century. He's now in prison in Rome, and he's writing this letter. And he says, I, I just, I'm just really joyful whenever I think about you. <laughs> I, I'm really joyful when I think about you guys. Not I mean, individually, maybe, but certainly as a group. It's a lovely, Jesus-loving community. We have our ups and downs, amen? Have fallouts sometimes like any family, but basic, basically... We're a bunch of people trying to follow Jesus and trying to get it right. And it's beautiful. And Paul's really happy with the Philippians because they've been supporting him. Uh, he's really writing this letter to thank them for the gift they sent him. But he says, I, all my prayers for you, I pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. Your partnership, we're partners together, church. We don't, it's not like magic people doing it. We're partners together in building the kingdom. Do you get that? All of us, all the time. And, and, and I love the way that Paul says, you know, I thank you for your partnership. So he's doing something somewhere, but he knows it's part, it's in this case, supported by money as well. It's in partnership with these guys, these Christians uh, of Philippi. And, and then he says, being confident of this, that he, Jesus, Holy Spirit, if you like, who began a good work in you, will carry it to completion in the day of Christ. You see, Although becoming a Christian is like a one-off thing, you make a decision to follow Jesus, and at that point, you're forgiven. Jesus bears the cross of our, our sin and shame, and you can't be more forgiven than you are. But there's a process starts. 
The process then starts about us learning to live from the truth of what we have, which sometimes we call it slow learners and takes the time. Um, put your hand up if you've ever had to relearn a lesson as a Christian. Put your hand up if you ever had to think, okay. The only people who won't have their hands up are the people who are young enough not to have gone through that loop yet. Sometimes we feel we're really slow learners. But, but our confidence, my confidence is not in my ability to do stuff. It's in, hello? It's not in my confidence to do stuff. It's in God's, yeah. Holy Spirit will complete the work. Right? He's cl- that thing about claiming you for his own is absolutely cl- clear. It's a bit of oil and old-fashioned symbolism, but it's true. It's Holy Spirit at work in me. That's, 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 where, that's where my confidence is always. In what God started, he'll bring to completion. My job is to, is to sort of give in almost and walk with it. There's a lot of stuff we've had recently about letting go of old stuff to grab new stuff, about closing old doors to open new doors. And sometimes walking as a Christian, this is when you've been a Christian perhaps a fair amount of the time, sometimes it's quite, quite scary just going on to the next thing. We get comfortable. We get into a place where everything's familiar and straightforward. And sometimes when God calls us on to new stuff, we have to let go of some old stuff first. And I think James almost picked that up in his little testimony bit as well, actually. And sometimes that's hard, but it's always okay, because always it's God holds our hands. And if God calls you on to something, and calls you to leave something because of it, by God, you know he'll be there. God will be there as you go to it. And so Paul says that he knows the Holy Spirit will bring it to completion. We, we see all these guys with the sign of the cross and we, stuff. We know Holy Spirit will keep working with them. Well, let's pray for them. Let's support them. Let's look out for them. Let's be church. But in the end, the security doesn't depend on how good the church is, but how good God is. Security doesn't depend on how good your pastor is, but how good God is. It doesn't depend on how well you, you can read Greek and read the Bible. It depends on how much you listen to the Holy Spirit. In the end, though we are a part of a community, the security isn't horizontal, it's vertical. Amen? And then Paul goes on. And uh, it's another stuff. I'm going to miss a bit in the middle out. So I think timing is such. Yes. Um, I want to get towards the back, the last bit of it. And he comes up towards the end of this little bit I've been given, up to his verse, his verse 8 and 9. And they pres- I pr- this is my prayer for you. Now, okay, uh, this is a bit of olden participation. You don't have to do it. You can do it quietly or in pairs or whatever. If I asked you to come up now and pray, and if you've got a Bible open, close it. Don't cheat and read verse 9. But if you, uh, I said to you, I would only come here now. I want you to come up now so and, and pray for one of the candidates. Just think, what would you pray for them? Give me get one line, bullet point thing. What's the one, what would you pray for them? If you ask that, if I should come and pray for one of these five guys. So I think it's quite interesting. I mean, Paul didn't hear what I said because he doesn't do one bullet point. He goes on a bit. But listen to what he prays for. He says, this is my prayer for you, for the Philippian church. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you can discern what is best and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ. He prays for them that their love may abound in knowledge and insight. I think that's quite, I think, I think combination is brilliant there, right? Because it's, it, he wants them to see through Holy Spirit, if you like through Revelation, 
what is best. You may discern what's best and pure. But that comes through love. And I'm going to pray that in a minute. It's a prayer for all of us, really. So close your eyes. Put your hands out. I'm going to say it fairly slowly, and you can repeat it for people around you, if you like, for the candidates, for your family, for those you care about, phrase by phrase. But don't do it out loud. Do it quietly. So this is my prayer. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus. And we pray this, Father, to the glory and praise of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.